The presidency says that uh, it seems very likely that it will appeal the case and it believes that it has very good legal grounds to do so. Do you share this opinion? No, and the statement from the presidency is very unclear as to what grounds it believes it has to to make such appeal. Um, The findings that were made by the court today obviously require confirmation of the unconstitutionality findings before the constitutional court. So the the matter will have to go to the constitutional court for for confirmation. Um, And we believe that, that if any appeal is to be heard if an appeal is to be granted, um, that that uh, should happen alongside the confirmation um, of the findings of unconstitutionality before the Constitutional Court. Um, And so we believe that there should not be interminable delays um, in bringing this matter to the conclusion and and that the Constitutional Court should urgently have a final say. Uh, with regards to what you originally went to court for, are you satisfied with the ruling? Absolutely. Um, we we got all the findings as applicants that we had hoped to achieve um, from the ruling. Uh, the settlement being uh, set aside, um, the termination of Mr. Krasana's uh, appointment uh, being declared unlawful and set aside, the uh, subsequent appointment of uh, Sean Abraham as National Director of Public Prosecutions being declared uh, to be invalid and set aside, and then the finding that the President is uh, so conflicted that he may not appoint, suspend or remove uh, any National Director of Public Prosecutions and that the Deputy President must exercise the powers to do so. And uh, just should it go to the Constitutional Court and uh, should it succeed, will you mount further action, further legal action? Well, it's hard to say at this point. Um, our hope is that, we, is that we will receive full confirmation by the Constitutional Court. We think we have a very hard-hitting, incredibly strong judgment, not only in its, its findings, but in the reasoning that back those findings. Um, so we don't we certainly don't share the, the presidency's sense that there would be any reason to upset this particular ruling. Um, but as I said we would we would have to make any determination um, once we had an outcome from the Constitutional Court. But at this stage we're pretty confident uh, that we would get a ruling uh, along the lines of the ruling that was received today. Thank you so much for speaking to us. Uh uh, that there is um, Nicole Fritz, who is Freedom Under Law's Executive Officer. For further perspective, we're on the line to independent analyst Dale uh, McKinley. A very good evening to you, and thank you so much for speaking to us, Mr. McKinley. But just your um, reading and understanding of the judgment, what do you think are the political implications of this? Well, I, I think it's actually quite a, a political bombshell coming one week before the ANC Congress. Um, if you think about it, I mean, it's handed... Uh, sur- Mr. McKinley, are you still with us? Okay, we seem to have lost uh, that line. We'll see if we can get back to him, but... Um, we're taking your calls on this, 891 SMSs at uh, 
one rand fifty per SMS. And uh, by the way, what you need to do is uh, send a WhatsApp voice note if you want to use that medium, or you can't get through oh eight two six nine two three nine zero nine oh eight two six nine two three nine zero nine all right let's see if we can get uh, dale mckinley back on the line um okay let's take a quick break and then we'll get back to him AM Live with Sakina Kamwendo, the best the morning has to offer. South African activist Zaki Ahmad says that the country is in an extremely dangerous situation. We could run out of water. Billions of rand has been stolen by uh, the Minister of Water Affairs and Sanitation. And Minister Nomvula Mokonyane is on the line. Minister, good morning. I just want to find out what... Uh uh, the gentleman you are interviewing is saying about me. He must stop talking this, what he's raising about me having stolen the money. Police stations don't close in South Africa. Let him go and open a case against me. AM Live with Sakina Kamwendo. Weekdays from 6 to 9 a.m. Only on SAFM. PM Live with Sepiso Makwetla. Conversation so good, you won't even notice the afternoon traffic. Uh, political independent uh, political commentator and analyst Dale McKinley on the line with us again um, apologies for that I believe we got cut short uh, but uh, you are back now with us so I was uh, asking what you think the political fallout of this is and you were saying that this is a, a bombshell that's been dropped given the timing yeah, I was saying that basically, I mean, it's a week before the ANC Congress, and here we have a full bench of, of the North Hauteng High Court essentially uh, declaring Zuma a delinquent president, effectively. Um, I think everybody knows that this appointment was invalid. It's just now been, you know, legally certified. Um, but politically, it basically hands uh, Cyril um, a, a really, you know, very big sort of uh, political handshake um, and and put Zoom in a corner in some ways because you could see simply from the one hour, less than an hour, it took the presidency to declare that it was going to appeal the judgment, but they're worried. They're worried that this is going to have, I think, a lot of political fallout. Um, they might be able to, to, to sort of, you know, take this thing in months and months until a decision is finally made. But in terms of the, the politics of it, it makes Zuma look very bad and it robs him of uh, I think a um, a strong hand going into the Congress. So I think it is very important. Mm-hmm. And the powers to appoint the national director of public prosecutions that um, the ruling effectively does, and also uh, the pronouncement that it's because he is too conflicted, and then handing that over uh, those powers to the deputy president. Does that also? Um, change that that power play between the two individuals given that uh, the one is effectively fighting to become the success of the other absolutely i mean if you can imagine a scenario where you know uh let's just say uh that that cyril gets elected as the new president of the anc he remains the deputy president of the country uh, it's going to put Zuma in a very, very difficult position because although officially he could fire his deputy president or replace him uh, in order to prevent him from, you know, making these kinds of decisions and appointing a new uh, directorate, um, a director of the ND- NDPP, uh, that would be political suicide in the context of, of the power plays in the ANC. Now, if 
uh, Nkosidana's Lamini Zuma wins, uh, and he then is seen to replace uh, Ramaphosa, it would, it would, there would be probably a huge fallout within the ANC as um, being sort of like a backbiting and uh, something that would uh, not sit well with a large portion of the ANC membership. So either way, Zuma is in a tight corner here because of this. Uh, it gives Sir Ramaphosa, irrespective of whether he's able to exercise that power, a lot of political power in, in the back room, so to speak. There is then what one would say the elephant in the room, the uh, charges uh, that could possibly be reinstated by the NPA if it deems it so, fit to do so. Is there thinking that maybe the deputy president appointing a national director of public prosecutions, whomever he appoints, could have a major impact on whether or not those charges are reinstated? Absolutely, and I think even before this ruling, I mean, if you did the previous court rulings, have essentially instructed Abrams to, reinst- to, to consider the reinstatement of the charges. They've been biding their time and playing for time. That's clearly, it's a waiting game. Zuma is looking to say, look, if I can string this thing out for another year, I, you know, I can avoid, at least while I'm president, being charged. But if the, a new uh, dir- a director was, was applied, yes, then I think that the impetus and the pressure would be tremendous. Uh, to file new charges. And um, this, is, this is the sort of Damocles, so to speak, hanging over Zuma's head here. I mean, this has been around and for the last two or three years, and all of the legal avenues are, are, are gradually being closed to him. And this is the, almost the final one. And it comes at a very, very crucial time when he's fighting for his political uh, legacy as well as political life. So it's, it doesn't do him any favors at all, and it gives a boost, I would say, to the Ramaphosa camp and certainly to those anti-Zuma detractors within the ANC who are clearly engaged in a very, very bitter um, and sharply divided fight in the next uh, leading up to the Congress. So let's talk about the detractors of the judiciary we've heard of late. And of course, in the past, uh, uh, the judges at some point, uh, judiciary were called counter-revolutionary. Now the term seems to be overreaching. And the outgoing constitutional court uh, justice uh, saying yesterday that she believed Besson Gabinde saying that there is no overreach, that they're merely playing uh, the role that they're supposed to. Do you think that this is going to invite more of that criticism? Sure, it, it certainly is going to. I think there are going to be those uh, that um, are in the Zuma camp and certainly those that have other particular uh, agendas um, that seek to discredit the judiciary. It's not to say that there are not problems with the judiciary. It's not to say that the judiciary needs to be further transformed. I think anybody looking at that would say there are uh, there's, there's things that need to change. But in terms of an overall sort of attempting to delegitimize the judiciary by saying it's involving itself in executive decisions and it's trampling on the powers of the executive, I don't think most South Africans, and I certainly don't think most in the ANC buy that argument. Um, because, and this is the reason why. It's not simply because the judiciary is uh, issuing 
court orders that are predominantly going against Zuma and some of his allies. It's simply that Zuma and his allies use the courts just as much, if not more, when they want to do so. So they can't have it both ways. You can't be standing up on a public platform and calling some a judge counter-revolutionary and then six months later saying that judge is great when that judge issues a, a, a judgment in your favor. So I think it, it rings quite hollow. It rings as a politicization and as a desperate move as opposed to a serious critique. Thank you very much for speaking to us, uh, sharing your thoughts, uh, Dale McKinley, independent political analyst.